Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. Due to the coronavirus crisis, we're holding church services online until further notice, and we encourage you to join us. For info and updates, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at New Life SoCo and visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's an encouraging word. Amen, my friends. How good it is to be in God's house this morning. You know, more than ever, I think we can all agree that the church is so essential to society. We need the church to be alive and well. We need the church to be in the front line of everything that is happening. I don't know how you feel, but my heart is breaking for our nation right now. All that's going on in our nation right now, I believe it breaks God's heart to see a nation divided by race, by politics, and even economic disenfranchised. We're all over the place, and I think more than ever, we need the church of Jesus Christ to raise up. I believe the church can lead the way in showing what reconciliation looks like, what healing looks like, what unity looks like, what respect looks like. That all men are created equal. My friends, it is unacceptable for our black friends to be less than. And I know all lives matter. It takes no rocket science to figure out that all lives do matter. But right now, it seems like the, the black lives matter less. And it's unconstitutional and it's unchristian for us to be on the sideline and not say something about what's happening. I don't know how you feel, but if one of my sons is on the side of a parking lot and a man has his knee on his throat, I don't want to know what my son did. I don't care if all lives matter. My son's lives matter in that moment. I don't care if my son wrote a bad check, then half of America would be put to death if you wrote a bad check. My friends, these are the moments that we have to transcend our political likes and dislikes. And hopefully we can, we can attest to a greater worldview which says all men are created equal. God is a God of justice. God is a God of unity. God is for all people, not some people, not kind of some people, but everyone is welcome in the presence of God, in the will of God, in the purpose of God. And this should make us feel uncomfortable because this is what it means to be followers of Jesus because Jesus went to the cross for all humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Let's say it loud. Let's say it clear. Black lives matter. They deserve justice. They deserve to be the same people who are worshiping God in any place right now. And today, before I preach, I'm taking a knee on behalf of our black friends. I come from a colonized country. We know what slavery is. And we know it's unacceptable. And we know it's not God's will. We live in a 21st century. No man should be treated that way. Nine minutes of footage. Nine minutes, my friends, of footage. You can't deny that that is evil. It is racist. And it's not okay with God. It shouldn't be okay with God's people. 
Come on, we need to pray for justice. We need to pray that justice will flow like streams of river, like the prophet Martin Luther King Jr. prophesied those years ago. He's one of my favorite prophets, and I stand with him today, and I stand with all my black friends today. And Father, we pray that your justice will prevail and your will will be done. Father, this nation is your nation, an one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all people, Lord God. We pray, let your justice prevail. Let your will be done. Father, we pray that the church will not stand on the sidelines watching this happen because all lives matter father we know right now black lives need to matter a little more they need to have voice they need to be heard they need justice lord and so we stand in the gap today lord oh why we pray for heaven to come to earth for heaven to come to our nation and to heal it and to restore it to bring redemption to bring breakthrough lord we pray for our politicians to stand up and do the right thing we pray for white clergy and black clergy and latino clergy to unite under one banner of jesus christ and see our nation heal and see our nation restore and father we pray give us the strength lord to fight justice with the right tools and not be uh, uh, another another uh, another riot that is that is uh, unjustified lord we want to do it right we want to do it with peace we want to be heard lord we want your people lord to be on the on the front lines leading the way so holy spirit would you shake up our hearts shake up our apathetic perspective shake up our shallow perspective Remove all the prejudice from our hearts, all the lies and deceits that we've let become more important than human life. Lord, we pray that this is the breakthrough that we're looking for. This nation for 400 years have had this turmoil of racism that won't go away and it's demonic and it's evil. We send it back to hell in the name of Jesus and we pray, Lord, have your way. Open our hearts, Lord. To the cries of the oppressed and the hurting. Jesus, may we be your people in this evil and perverted generation. May we raise up and be the people that will fight for justice. So have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all the church said, Amen. 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 You may be seated at home in the parking lot. I think you're already seated. But I'm glad you're here. My God, it's so good to be here. It's been a long 11 weeks of fighting this virus. And on top of it now, we're fighting these heart viruses. Racism is a heart virus. Division is a heart virus. And we need to do better. Can you say amen? If you have your Bible today, I'm going to read from two passages. One in Psalm 122 and then... Matthew 16, and I want to talk to you today about the essential movement called the church. The essential movement called the church. And when I say essential, I want to take a moment to also salute all our essential workers who've been working so hard. We thank God for all the nurses, doctors who are on the front lines. May God continue to bless them and keep them. But I do believe that the church is a move of God that is essential to society. I want to prove it to you today, looking at history, that the church is meant to affect a world. The church was never meant to be something that we do on a Sunday morning. The church is meant to be a lifestyle of people who go out there and execute the will of God. Can you say amen? Psalm 122, verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go 
to the house of the Lord. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? And then Jesus said this in Matthew 16. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can you say amen? My friends, the church has been the bedrock of society for centuries now. Jesus made that statement over 2,000 years ago, and I want to show you today how much that statement has actually impacted our world as we speak. A lot of times, I think we have a very shallow understanding of what the church is by, by just uh, uh, thinking that we're going to a building on a Sunday morning. My friends, that's really not what Jesus meant when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus was not talking about a religious institution. Jesus was talking about a move of God's people on earth that will shake the foundation of the earth and will transform it and will help to re heal it and restore it and bring redemption to all people everywhere. My friends, right now as we speak all over the world, people are gathering in the name of Jesus to push back darkness, to fight for justice, to bring healing to the world. Psalm 122 was written way before Jesus came to earth. And, 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 and back in those days, they only had one temple in Jerusalem. And so they would have to literally do a pilgrimage all the way to Jerusalem. And they would be excited because some of them, it would take days to get to God's house. But man, the, the, just the eager expectation of knowing, man, we're going to get together. And we, it is going to be a ruckus because God's people get together. And when we pray together, and when we worship together, and when we preach together, and when we fellowship together, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. My friends, I pray we understand this. It's not that they didn't know that God was with them. They knew God was with them in their homes. They knew God was with them in the villages. They knew God was with them in the neighborhoods, but they knew there's something powerful when all of God's people converge into one place. It's about to go down. My friends, heaven comes to earth when we come together united in one front to say, Jesus, you are the Lord of this world. You are the Lord of all things, and we refuse to bow down to fear. We refuse to bow down to injustice. We come to gather in your name and to believe that the best days are ahead of us because, God, you came to reconcile reconcile the world. You are not okay with racism. You are not okay with disenfranchised. You are not okay with people being outcasted. You want to see all the world come and worship you. That's why they get so excited to go into the house of the Lord because they know it's about to go down. God's people are together. And do I have anybody excited to be in the presence of God in this place? Oh my God. My, my friend, something powerful happens when there is this United front of praying and worshiping and hearing God's word and, and, and embracing God's word and saying a collective yes to God's will. Did you know every time you say yes, you're saying amen. Yes, I agree with everything that's being said. And I don't just agree in an in a agreeable way, but I agree in my heart. I agree in my spirit. I agree in my actions. I agree in my reactions. I need to do something about what's being preached. Is anybody here saying a collective yes to God's will and purpose? See, my friends... We have to understand the church was never meant to be an institution. I, listen, I can't speak for Jesus, but if we were to interview Jesus, I guarantee you Jesus would say, I never wanted to start a religion. 
I feel confident about that. That when I read the Gospels, I don't see Jesus trying to start a religious establishment that meets on a Sunday morning or a Saturday or whatever you choose to meet. I think Jesus always wanted to be a, a, a movement of God's people on earth pushing the kingdom forward, fighting for the things that God cares about, and, 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 and refusing the status quo of society when society does not dictate the way that things should be. My friends, you we are here to be the essential movement of God's spirit. It's our turn. It's our time. Martin Luther King Jr. did this thing, but now here we are. He passed the baton, right? It's up to us now to take the baton and say, God, I want to be part of your movement. I want to see your will being done on this earth. Listen, we are the people marked by the grace of God. Man, you are marked by the grace of God. You are never the same again. When you're marked by the grace of God, you are compelled to act. When you're marked by the, by, the, by the grace of God, it's impossible to see people just from a physical standpoint. You see them from a spiritual standpoint. You see them for what they ought to be. Paul said, we used to look at people this way, but we don't do it anymore. Why? Because anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We are marked by God's grace. And I believe this with all my heart. I believe crises have a way of exposing us. If anything, I think we need to be paying attention to the reality that this crisis was meant to be a wake-up call and to expose what's really in our hearts. I believe this crisis, my friends, is separating followers from pretenders. I think these are the moments that our hearts are truly revealed. I think these are the moments that our hearts are really saying what's really in there. Because when a black man gets killed by the side of the road, we shouldn't be saying all lives matter. Because when you're saying that, you're saying, I'm not thinking about the justice that should prevail in that situation. You're exposing the real thing that's in your heart. My friends, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So these moments is exposing us. And it's showing us perhaps we're not as in tune with the, with the CEO as we think we are, right? Because when we're in tune with the CEO of heaven, we are in tune with his heart. Like our hearts breaks for what breaks his heart. Right? Our eyes see the way he sees it. There's a song we, we, we sing once in a while that says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. Like, like something powerful happens. I shift my thinking. I shift my understanding of life when the grace of God is what's beating in my heart. It's about all people because all people are created in his image and likeness. My friends, this should make us uncomfortable to ask the question, am I following Jesus or am I just being religious? I think these are the moments that really exposes us because it's so much easy to be religious. All we got to do is show up to a building between 9 and 11 and then go home and keep doing what we're doing. But when we're following Jesus, it's a 24-7 lifestyle of thinking, of worldview, of understanding that I am meant to be here, to be a movement. Because what people of God is, the Bible says there's freedom. Listen, I pray we understand this. It's not just freedom to just lift our hands in worship, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom to be who you are. There's freedom to be whatever race you are. There's freedom to be whatever neighborhood you come from. There's freedom. To be yourself, because that is what the church is. My friends, the church is a move of God's people compelled into action. And if you study the church, you understand that the church has been impacted society since Jesus said, I will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
That's why I've been trying to tell people this whole time, it was never about a building. The building just brings people together to get the assignment to go execute it. Because, listen, the building was closed, but the church was never closed. We were always doing the will of God. We're always on the front line of God's will. Listen, I want you to do some homework today. Google the impact of the movement of God, not the institutions. Look at the impact that the people of God have had in history. It's hard for you to look at any part of society and not see the hands and the feet and the mouth of the church involved in it. I guarantee you, go ahead and Google the scientific revolution who brought change to billions of people and you will see God's people right in the middle of it. The best scientists are believers, my friends. Don't let the world fool to you and think that there's a divide between science and faith. No, no, no. Those who have faith understand that science is just a another venue that God works, that God moves, that God operates, that God created the body, and God has given us wisdom to know how to heal the body, how to affect the body. My friends, go look it up for yourself, and you will see scientists who were inspired by God's word to bring about a scientific revolution. Go look at education, and you will see how many of these great establishments we have today in our society, it was all because of the move of God's people. My friends, go look at Oxford, go look at Cambridge, go look at Stanford, go look at Harvard, go look at John Hopkins. All of it motivated, inspired, established by the people of God who said we ought to be educated. Why? Because you got to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. You ought to be educated in different areas of the different fields so you'll be able to impact the world for good because the move of God is a move of goodness, is a move of grace, is a move of justice. Go look. I guarantee you, because, because nowadays in our schools, they've secularized everything, but the reality is it's hard to see this nation without seeing the move of God. Every part of our nation has been impacted. The modern science, listen, modern medicine, vaccines, Go look up to see who pioneered those things. Nursing field. Go see. Listen, in World War I, they, they, they were so moved by the carnage of World War I that believers started what we call the Red Cross. Right? Go look it up. Go look it up and see who started AA meetings. It was never about some high power. It was about the high power, Jesus Christ, who can break bondages and strongholds. Go look up. Go look up YMCA, Young Men Christians Association. Listen, there's not a part of history in our nation that hasn't been impacted because of the move of God. Because people were compelled into action. And then go look at open slavery. Who helped to end open slavery in our nation? A wound that's been open for over 400 years. My friends, right here in New Bedford was the house that it was the place where Frederick Douglass was able to find housing when he escaped slavery. And he got here, right here in New Bedford, Massachusetts. You could actually visit the home where the man lived. And there he began to impact that nation like no one before. I read yesterday that some people would say that he was probably the most prominent figure of the 19th century because now all only was he helping to liberate slavery, but he influenced Abraham Lincoln to be able to fight for the reality that all men are created equal. My friend, right here in our city, we have a mandate to be on the front lines to see this world change for the better. Because it's Frederick Douglass that made a way for Martin Luther King Jr. People forget that he was a preacher. He was a preacher that was given this burden to lead this movement to bring the change that we need to see happen. And unfortunately, here we are, 56 years later, still wrestling with the same stuff. The church cannot be on a sideline watching this thing. The church needs to get involved in whatever area, capacity God has called you to get involved. Listen, go look at Desmond Tutu, who found apartheid in South Africa. 
Go look at William Wimbleforce, who fought it in England. Listen, we, we have an incredible legacy of people who are moved and compelled by God to say, this is not okay. We are not okay with injustice. We are not okay with racial divide. We are not okay with the disenfranchised being, being looked upon like they're less than because God will never be okay with that. And if we're God's people, it should move us. He should compel us. It should steer us up to say, God, how can I play my role in this evil and perverted generation to bring about your kingdom to this earth? Because it was never about going to heaven. It was always about bringing heaven to earth. I can go on and on. Listen, I recommend a book to you. Go read Jesus Skeptic by John Dickerson, a journalist who decided to do a research on the move of Christianity to see, does it really make sense for us to be having this in society? You can go look it up for yourself. But man, you can look at any prominent organizations that we have. Our government is, was shaped by believers. Go look up the Constitution. Go look up who was there in the beginning. Go look up why we have this nation. is because we fought for religious freedom to be able to be in this place, to be able to worship freely. That's why every man deserves the same rights. My friends, I can go on and on. Go look up creative arts and see how many of your favorite artists grew up right in the house of God because God gave them the talent and the ability to do what they do. My friends, go look up where Beyonce grew up. Go look up where Denzel Washington grew up, a man who still says every day I read my Bible because I can't go a day without going to God's word to see what he has for me. My friends, there's not a group of people that the church has not impacted and moved and compelled to live a life above the level of sin and mediocrity. Now, let's bring, it, let's bring it a little closer to us. Look at your life. Look at your life. What has impacted your life? Look at your marriage. What has blessed your marriage? What has helped to heal your marriage? What has helped to heal your children? What has kept your children under the will of God, if not for the church? What if not for the people that come alongside of you and say, I'm here with you, I'm here for your kids, I'm here for your loved ones. Go look at single moms, that for them, church is the only place that they can go to and find the help that they need. Go look at the widows, go look at the orphans, go look at everyone that the church impacts because the church is about breaking barriers, my friends. Without the church, this world would be a very dark place. If you can imagine for a second, I thought about this the other day and it broke my heart. I closed my eyes. I'm like, can you imagine if the rapture happens? The rapture is a theological word that in the Bible it says that one day God will remove his people from this world. Can you imagine the darkness? Can you imagine our inner cities without people who care enough to go look for their neighbors? Can you imagine no food pantries for those who are hurting and struggling because no one would care? Can you imagine if that happened all over the world? Because every time a crisis hits, the, right, the first people in action is the church. Go look at Hurricane Katrina, who is the first ones to mobilize and say, we need, we need to go. We don't know them, but we know that God knows them, and we need to do something about it. There's never been a crisis that the church was not in the middle of it. We've been reading the book of Acts. You know, in the book of Acts, there was many, many crises that the church was right in the middle of it. You know when, when the Romans would throw their babies away because they didn't care about female babies? It was the church that would go and pick up the babies from the trash and raise them like their own children and, and tell them, like, no, you're a child of God, and we're going to take care of you. It was the, when the sick were dying, they would just throw them away. It was the church that would come alongside and say, no, even in dying, you deserve dignity. You, res you deserve respect. My friends, I'm telling you, this world without the church will be very dark because the church is on the front line of fighting for people 
religious freedom, racial freedom, economic freedom, cultural freedom, political. Because why? Because only the grace of God levels the playing field. Only the grace of God puts us all in the same place. It's one of my favorite things about church. You have no idea who you're sitting next to. Because the grace of God levels the playing field. You don't have to have a certain amount of money in the bank to be in the church. It doesn't disqualify you or qualify you. You don't have to be from a certain neighborhood to be in the church. You could be sitting next to someone who's homeless right now. You could be sitting next to a millionaire right now. But the grace of God levels the playing field. The grace of God says you're all the same. And I can go on and on about the eternal impact of God's people. My friends, let me just, let me share this with you. It is the church that soaks the earth with prayers. Imagine a world with no praying. People nowadays are, are, are being cynical and saying, what is your prayer doing? My friends, my prayer is doing a lot. My prayer is what's pushed back in the principalities, the darkness, the lies, the deceits of the enemy. Don't let the media lie to you. Keep praying. Keep believing because God hears the prayer of his people. God will hear the cry of his people. God said in Exodus, I heard the cry of my people and it's time for me to act. Uh, We're not going to let the world reduce us to just metaphysical realities. We're not going to let the world say it's only what you see because we know that there's a demonic stronghold behind this stuff. We know that there's no way a man in his right mind would think another man is less than him unless there's powers and principalities in the air who influences the church is what soaks the earth with prayer. We need to keep soaking the earth with prayer because we're pushing back darkness as we pray. It pushes back. It fights for justice. It heals families. It restores the broken. My friends, the church is a safe haven for so many who are in turmoil in their own homes. I remember when we were still in in Rhode Island, there was a group of women that would always be the last ones to leave the church because they would be at the altar praying, even after everybody has left, and I never understood it. Why is it that the same group of women would stick around? And then one day, someone told me, it's because they're in abusing relationships, and this is where they find healing, they find solace, they find peace, and they push back the darkness from their minds. My friends, the church is essential because people need a safe haven. Who else welcomes the outcast? Who else welcomes those that society says, you don't qualify? We tell our young people all the time, you don't, go to church, you don't go to school to be cool. You go to reach out to the outcast, to the ones who feel like they're marginalized and not cool enough. I pray if you're a young person that your focus is not being cool, it's being a person that's going to reflect the will of God for other young people like you who need someone to come alongside of them. Church defends the defenseless. Who else is going to fight for the unborn? Who else is going to give a voice to the one who has no voice, if not the church of Jesus Christ? Oh, this is, I know this gets a little weird because nowadays we have let society dictate what's even a baby. It's not even a baby anymore. But I'm sure none of us would be here if we weren't born first. Who fights for that. Why do we do rallies for human trafficking? Because no 
person should be trafficked. This is all the things that burns the heart of God. And God wants justice. God wants peace. My friends, we is the church. We don't go to church. This is what I've been trying to say the last 11 weeks. I pray we catch this. We don't go to church, my friends. We is the church who happens to gather once a week to get our assignment to go be the church, to go be light, to go be salt. Listen, we is the church, and, and I am so thankful that this, during this season, we've been so active in being the church. What's amazing is that with the building closed, we've been more busy than ever. I am more busy now than I was before the building closed. So I'm like, Lord, open it up. <laughs> Some of y'all won't get that, but Lord, open it. <laughs> we, we've done more. During the season, listen, let me just share a few things because I think it's important that people understand this is what the church is. We, it's not just a Sunday gathering. It's during this pandemic that our food pantry, who wasn't ready, we literally got a license the week before the pandemic hit. We had no food, and we said, you know what? We're going to open anyways because God will make a way for us to provide for those who can't. Because you is the church, what do we do? The last 11 weeks, we fed 9,000 people through the food pantry. On Tuesday mornings, if you get here at 9 o'clock in the morning, there will be a line outside of people waiting for grocery gift cards. And because you is the church, what did we do? We helped hundreds of families, which, which totals to about $17,000 just in gift cards because you is the church who says, no, we got to help our neighbor." We've helped pay, people pay basic bills, mortgage, people that lost their jobs, pay their mortgage. We've paid medical bills for people who couldn't pay their bills. Why? Because that's what the church will do. If we have it, we're going to bless you. We, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's what the church is all about. Because of technology, which, by the way, this was the only technology of the day. And what did they do? They're like, man, we're going to make copies of this joint and send it everywhere because everywhere needs the word of God. Because of technology, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on your mama's book. And because of that, listen, about 200 people have texted Jesus since we, this pandemic because the church is available to people. We did weddings during COVID-19. With two people in the, right here. Do you say I do? I do. Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter how many people are here. You are blessed now because the church is here. We did funerals and paid for funerals because we're the church. You is the church, and you don't walk alone when you are with the church. Listen, we never stop doing our missions. We still help orphans in Kenya that you will never meet, but because you is the church, you're blessing them exactly where they are, and you're helping them exactly where they are. We help our friends in Cape Verde because when you go to, when you go to heaven, you're going to speak Cape Verde, and I just hope you know this. You is the church. It's the greatest investment you will ever make is into the Cape Verdeans. It's the best culture on the face of the planet. God's not racist, but he loves Cape Verdeans a little bit more 
And for you guys that don't get that joke, please stop. <laughs> stop. Okay, just stop. Some people are just looking for something to be afraid, a man of. <laughs> stop. We donated to Teen Challenge because we know this, this area is so affected by addiction that we say we, we're going to partner with you and help you fight this thing because it's not okay for another person to die of drug overdose, of drug addiction. And we have met, witnessed literally miracles. You can ask praise reports, over-the-top stuff that God has done during this last 11 weeks. Because when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he meant it. He backs it up every day. He continues to show up every single day. My friends, I want to leave you with this as we end today, that you is the church. I pray we change our narrative. We don't go to church. We are the church. We come. This is like a locker room to get our assignment, to get the game plan, and to go execute it and, and be the light and be the salt in a tasteless society right now. They need to taste the grace of God. They need to taste the goodness of God. They need to taste the mercy of God. So can I commission you today by telling you you are essential. Your voice is needed. You're like, what can I do? You can start by simply praying. Because when you pray, coincidences begin to happen. When you pray, like the, the, the most dangerous prayer you can ever pray is, God, use me. Don't be surprised when he says, okay, word, you're on. There's that neighbor down the street. There's that family up the, up the street. Your Facebook becomes a gospel book. Your Instagram becomes focused on preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. You are essential. There's a march today in our city. We can do it peacefully, and we can show that we are, we are with you, brothers and sisters. They're from another mother, but we want to show you that you are essential. You matter to us. Just showing up says you are essential. You represent God. This is where the religious get separated from the followers of Jesus. The religious shows up to represent themselves. I did the religious thing. I checked the box. Send me my brawny from heaven. The follower is showing up to enlist in the army of grace and truth. This is why I think these moments are so critical that we figure out, am I religious or am I truly a follower? Because if I am a follower, it says that it's no longer about me, but that Christ lives in me. Now I'm just a vessel that he can use. And so what happens when I'm a follower? I just become a vessel, a willing vessel that he touches and he uses and begins to renew my mind and he changes the way I see things and the way I hear things and the way I say things and the places that I step into. And I know that wherever I am, I am a representative of Jesus Christ. This is who we are. So today, I commission you to go be the church. You need it. Your voice is needed. When you see injustice, you step in. When you see a lie, you bring truth. You be the church. 
for the church. That's what our tagline is. We want to be a church always thinking about the church. And I believe the world right now is looking at the church and going, do you guys care? Do you guys care? If your son got killed by the side of the road, would you have a different narrative? Would you look at it differently if it was your son or your daughter or your cousin? It's different when it's personal. See, for God, it's all personal. He's the father of all. It's all personal. When God doesn't say all lives matter in that moment, God says that man matters. And you know what? Sometimes the voice of the martyrs will cry out. And it's crying out right now all over our nation that justice needs to prevail. Would you stand with me today as we pray this morning? Where you are forever, would you stand? Online, would you stand? Parking lot, could you pretend? Just standing. You can say, I'm standing up in my heart. I want to be the church. My friends, we never close without the reality that it's not just hearing the word, but it's being the word. And the word came in the person of Jesus. And he says, I will come in to anyone who invites me in. And I will feast with you as a friend. But I can't do that if you don't invite me to forgive you, to restore you, to empower you. My friends, everything we talk about here hinges on the reality of Jesus Christ. The one who didn't come to start a religion but came to establish the move of God on this earth. That goes on and on. By the way, the church will never be extinguished. <laughs> Go look at history. They've tried. And every time the church comes back stronger and better than ever because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. So today my question for you is, are you the church? Are you religious? Or are you really following Jesus? And I believe every Sunday is a great opportunity for someone to, to cross over from being religious to a follower. And this is your moment. I'm going to say this prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes to reflect and say, God, are you, are you speaking to me? Are you speaking to me? Are you speaking to me online? Are you speaking to me in the parking lot? Are you speaking to me in Fall River? Are you speaking to me right here in New Bedford? And if you heard his voice, I pray that you respond right now. I'm going to say this prayer. And you respond with your heart, with your entire soul. Would you say with me, would you say, Father, I heard you. And I know you're talking to me. And I want Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. To forgive me of my sins. And to empower me to live life according to your will. I want to be able to say, it's not I, the Christ that lives in me. I want to be a vessel for good, a vessel for grace, for justice, for your will. So have your way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.